Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy.
Protestant Reformation didn't make anything up. They didn't come up with new ideas and say, oh, here's the stuff we ought to believe. All they were doing was going back and reclaiming foundational truths in the Bible that had kind of been lost. Well, I'm glad that these days our uh, Roman Catholic friends and Protestant friends, we can come together. I saw where somewhere up in the, one of the uh, Nordic nations, the uh, Pope had gone, and they made this really clear. He did not go to celebrate the Protestant Reformation, but to observe the Protestant Reformation. So we're making some uh, strides there in healing. Now, now, let's go back to the four pillars of the Reformation. This is going to be a review for some of you, for others of you. Uh, you'll be hearing this for the first time. There were three things. It said, sola scriptura, only the scripture. We stand under the authority of scripture. We do not stand over scripture in authority. So, we want to be clear, and by the way, this is coming under attack in our time in a big kind of way. I'm sorry to say, even within our United Methodist denomination, where people are saying uh, we're losing the authority of Scripture, and we need to reclaim that. That's where the foundation of this all begins. So, when Shannon and I preach, what you need to say, well, not, that's just what they said. You need to go and see, is that, does that line up with the Bible? Because the Bible is our authority. So sola scriptura, sola grazie, it's only God's grace. At the cross, how much of our sin did Jesus bear? All of it. So when I go to the cross, how much Jesus do I need in order to be saved? That's not a trick question. 100% would be the right answer. Except for me. I only need 80% Jesus because I'm 20% awesome. You see how nutty that sounds when you say it like that? Listen, brothers and sisters, we need 100% Jesus. It's all grace. We don't do anything. But then the third thing he said is sola fide means, but you've got to have faith to receive it. We'll stand up here and say Okay. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to take it back here. But just, anyway, here's what have you done to pay for this? Nothing. All right? All right? Have you earned this in some way? No. Okay. So I am giving this to you as a gift. All right? Is it yours yet? <laughs> Asking hard questions. The answer is no. What do you need to do in order for it to be yours? Grace is, he didn't pay anything for this. Faith is, he receives it. Thank you. <laughs> He's going to think, dang, I'm not sitting on the front row again. <laughs> that's, that's what grace is. It's all, all free. You didn't pay anything for it. But faith has to receive it. No good to say, well, you know, I, I believe that's it. Like, you're going to give gifts here? What if you came to the person and said, I got a bunch of gifts for you. They said, oh, thank you. Never open them. Well, they can open them. And faith just receives the gift of God and opens it. So we've got those, those three pillars. Scripture, grace, faith. And, and we kind of got that pretty well in, in the uh, church. But the fourth one, we only kind of have partway. 
And so I want to try and see if I can explain this to you in, in a way that maybe can, can help us get a hold of things. The fourth thing is the priesthood of all believers. And probably a lot of you are saying, huh? Well, we don't often use that term, although some of you who've just been on the walk to Emmaus, you'll recognize that term. What it means is all of us have direct access to God. Now, in Martin Luther's time, now remember, they didn't have access to the printed word. The, the printing press hadn't been around for 100 years yet. Matter of fact, the Protestant Reformation may not have been able to occur without the printing press. Because it allowed the word of God to get to all the people. Uh, but back then, they didn't have access to it. And so the only way that they could know what God said was through the priest. I mean, the priest had the Bible. The priest was in the church. And so the priest said, well, here's what God had to say. And if you wanted forgiveness or you wanted to talk to God, who did you have to go to? The priest. And so you'd come and you'd say, Father Bob. Kind of tough to say Father Shannon. But hey, you know, you, you'd come and you'd say, hey, Father Bob, you know, would you talk to God about this? Well, Martin Luther said, wait a minute. The Bible is really clear. Every believer has direct access to God. You don't have to go through an intermediary. You have direct access to God. This is one of the great... Uh, things that we need to recover. Now, we've got part of it, and you know, part of it is we recognize. Now, they say, okay, I can pray to God, right? And God hears me. I don't have to go to the pastor or somebody. I can go straight to God. The other part of it is, yeah, but with that comes a responsibility. Not only do we go to God and pray, you know, we go to God for people and we might pray for people, but we also go to the people in behalf of God. That's the other half of it. We care for folks. So let's take a look at our scripture, and then I want to just give you a very practical example. Here's our, our scripture for today. Oh, that's too small to read. Okay, here we go. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So all of us have a part in this. I mean, here in this building, this is really cool because you see all the bricks. How many of you would feel comfortable in here if about a quarter of the bricks were missing? Now, we want all the bricks here to hold the building up. So it says, what's more, you are all, listen to this, his holy priests. There's that word. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. So back in the Jewish times, the priest would offer a sacrifice, but he says, well, we're not offering literal sacrifices, but a spiritual sacrifice. You're going to God on behalf of people, and you're speaking to people on behalf of God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing the cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you trust him, recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the faith that was planned for them. If they're not being obedient, then he begins the next. But, he says, you're not like that. You're not walking in disobedience. You're not ignoring God. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests. 
a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. What a great passage. And what I want to do to make this practical for you is just tell you a personal uh, story. It's not about me. It's, it's about my, my parents. But I want to say this very clearly as I lead up to it. We have absolutely awesome people who are the leaders of our children and our youth. But I need to say this, parents, grandparents, they are not the primary source of faith, of their personal faith. You can't say, well, I just send them off to church. That's, you know, their responsibility as the uh, leaders to teach them the faith. They are assistants to you. They're glad assistants, they're terrific assistants, but you parents hold the primary responsibility of making a difference in your children's lives. So, let me tell you about my folks. They are they're just the best. My mom is 90, she's still alive. My dad died when he was 43, and I was just 11 years old at the time. But I want to tell you about how they functioned. Now, my dad was a pastor, and, was, and my parents were missionaries. This has nothing to do with their, um, with their occupation. This has everything to do with their character. And I want you to hear this, because I'm telling this story not about them as you know, my dad as a clergyman, but my dad as a person. My favorite memory of my father was from when I was a little bitty kid. I can't remember much of anything from when I was real small, but this I do remember. In the place we lived in India, it was just hot as blazes. And so in the middle of the day, that's, they really have sort of the rough equivalent of a siesta, and my dad would uh, go into his office, and that was the time he spent with God. It was a quiet time, not much else going on. And we were told not to disturb uh, dad during that time. Well, you know, when you're a little kid, you forget stuff like that, and you get excited about finding a rock or whatever it is. And, I can remember on more than one occasion just barreling into dad's office unannounced, you know, just throw open the door and finding my dad praying on his knees. And I couldn't explain this to you when I was a kid, but I knew that who my dad was, that's not what he did, but who my dad was grew out of that time with God. What was he doing on his knees? He was going to God in behalf of the church, praying for help them. Well, my dad died, as I said, when I was 11. And one of my precious memories from that is that uh, many, many people from there in India came to the funeral. And afterwards, one of the women came up to my mom and said, Amma, which means mother, says, uh, who will love us now? That's what my dad was about. It wasn't about saying, hey, you people, this is what God's saying. It was about loving them. And in that spirit of love, you can make an impact for people all around you. We're not going to take our Bibles and go beating people on the head. But we're going to love them. We're going to serve them. We're going to 
do what is needed to help them. We're going to come alongside as their friends. At school, we hear so much about bullying these days. You know what we're going to do? We're going to stand with the kids who are being bullied. Even though it may be costly to us because we care about the people who are in need. We're going to care about the poor. The reason you're going to help take those things after the service is because there's somebody with a name this Christmas who will be blessed because you care. God is sending us all out to be his priest wherever he takes us. So, you're going to be singing about this, then you're going to have an opportunity to respond. What would you pray with me right now? Father, you know when we talk about things like being priest, the priesthood of all believers, that kind of language may sound a little uh, you know, unusual to us. But what it's saying is this, hey, we don't have to wait to get to God. Every person has the straight line. We all are welcome before God. Every one of us can call out to God. And God is ready to hear and answer. So we love you. And I pray that out of this congregation, you will not just send forth a few people who are leaders. You'll send us all out with a commitment to be the people of God wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.